We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Halliburton at the buzzer, Captain Kuch with another one. Oh, and a hammer from Matherin. Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go. Good job. Oh, what a move by Heald. He lays it in. Heald. Dropped it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Jackson the catch, Jackson the basket. Come on, Miles. To Tyus. He does. Tied at 106. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Outrunning is Brissett. Pounds it home. It's it to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Ball loose. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and I'm joined today by the one and only Michael K. Fachi, the K is for Karen. Fachi, how's it going? Wow, a new one over here. Hey, all right, I'll give you you credit for that. But I mean, (laughs) hey, life's good. You know, we are still just waiting by the phones, just waiting for that next Woj bomb. Looks like we'll be waiting a couple of days. We're recording this on the 7th, so hopefully we'll have some news, maybe by the 9th, hopefully the 8th. But, Alex, something, uh, something pretty special took place yesterday. We had a, a press conference, and this one felt a little bit different. Who was at that press conference? Well, it was your starting power forward for the Indiana Pacers. Number 25 sticks himself, Jalen Smith making that official as soon as they could on um on on july 6th so kudos to jalen smith but Fachi, what a production the pacers put on for him rolling out the blue carpet the blue lights everywhere and guess what Fachi, jalen smith signed his contract in front of everybody with a special pacers pin Alex, I need to know how special was that Pacer pen because I don't remember Tory Craig signing with a special Pacers pen. That to me was one of the best parts of the whole entire press conference. Oh, it was absolutely great. I, I texted some buddies and I said, We are the corniest franchise in all of franchises in the NBA, but I love it. And, and you know what? Um, I think if I were to ask Kevin Pritchard this question and I said, Kevin Pritchard, how did Benedict Matherin 
sign his contract, he would have probably said this. With a special Pacers pin. Yeah, right over it. It just this press conference, though. I know we were joking around about the pen and everything, but it did feel different than years past. I mean, look, I know we haven't really signed anyone else yet, so they couldn't really pair Jalen Smith with other people to introduce them, but it did feel like this was a big deal. And when you go into it, you started to learn a couple of things. A, you touched on he was named the starting power forward for this yeah. team. Clearly, that was in the Pacers' leverage to be able to say, hey, we can give you a starting spot. Next, a couple of things that stood out over there. Jalen Smith mentioned he turned down more money looking past instant gratification and looking towards the long term of what would benefit his career. Alex, we haven't heard who was in the Jalen Smith sweepstakes but man, it's very interesting to know that he did have a market that he did turn down to return to Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show you how important those last couple of months were there for the Pacers. And it was kind of funny. I like that he acknowledged that a lot of people were calling him redacted and stuff like that. You know, I refuse to do it because I'm just like, who cares? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to change one thing or the other. Like, it's pretty obvious. But it was fun while it lasted. So I'm not going to hate on anybody for doing that. I just I wasn't going to do it. I, I just wanted to give him the credit uh, that he was due. But with that being said, I mean, the fact that they didn't sit him, I think a lot of people were saying that, like, oh, they should sit him and not play him so it kills his value. It's like you don't build relationships that way. So I think they did the right thing by giving him the opportunity, Flachie. And overall, I absolutely love this, this decision to come back here. You know, I think we can always look back to what Lance Stevenson did. And when he kind of thought the grass was a little bit greener there, bet on himself and Charlotte and kind of derailed his career a little bit, you know, made him become this journeyman instead of a pacer for life. So I think with Jalen Smith, like, sure, trust me, the, the starting position is very enticing. He probably wasn't going to get that for what other teams were offering. It had been very small if he would have. So um, I think having that opportunity to be a starter, though, is important, but one thing that I cannot get over is just how much Rick Carlisle is just basically gawking over Tyrese Halliburton. Like every press conference, the rookie press conference, Jalen Smith's press conference, he's like, he gets to play a Tyrese Halliburton, you know, like that's a big reason he came here. So um, he is really doing a great job making this connection with Tyrese Halliburton, trying to make him feel super, super special. And I think Tyrese Halliburton is a great fit here, but I just believe that with Rick Carlisle believing so much in Halliburton and the future of this team, it makes these younger guys, uh, it's easier for them to buy into the long-term future of this Pacers, uh, Pacers team and their rebuild. Tyrese is the light of Carlisle's eye. I mean, he really lights him up. We heard that Carlisle wanted to get Tyrese Halliburton in the draft when he was with the Mavericks. So we know clearly he's really loved his game. And yet the more that Carlisle talks about him like that, everybody's buying in and it's just like even you know we're hearing that the so-so fans of the nba now it's like oh hey tarice albert i think you guys got something over there like the whole league knows it so so fair, fair weather fans know it the players know it everybody's buying in that this guy is something special to play with now a couple things to, to unpack over here that you mentioned if the pacers had sat jalen smith there's no way he's eager to take less money or return, period, because look what the Kings were doing with Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. They were trying to get his value down. So Great they point. Would be, they would be able to keep it. That man skipped town the second free agency started. He wanted nothing to do with Sacramento at that point. So I, I think right over there is the Pacers handled this situation perfectly. And you had a great point with Lance going over to Charlotte. I yeah. mean, 
he just never had a real home other than Indiana. So he's always trying to come back to that. Jalen knew, hey, it's not about the short-term money. It's just, it's overall, where are you going to be happiest? And when we say happiest, his family said they noticed he was starting to smile again. I thought that was a really powerful line right over there because it showed just how happy he was to be a Pacer, how he was becoming himself again, and that he used his words very wisely when talking about Phoenix. He didn't say he needed a change. He didn't need a fresh start. But I feel like when he was with Phoenix, they probably looked at him a certain way that he started to feel that way. And he wasn't going to be able to break out of that unless he was able to, to get a change of scenery. And when he came over to Indiana, this man came alive. He flourished. And every single Pace fan, this felt like a win for every single fan, knowing how restricted we were and seeing a guy that very much wanted to be here to the point where he took less money to do it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So I personally feel like, when I, when I look at what Jalen Smith did, it, it just goes to show he's all in on this opportunity here. And I feel like the contract was big in itself. We thought it'd probably be a one-year deal with a player option. No, it's two years outright with a third-year on a player option with a Love 10% it. trade kicker. So very player-friendly deal. The Pacers get him at least locked up for two years. Carlisle did mention that in his press conference. You know, we figured, you know, the next two years will go by pretty quick. And he's already matured so much in this time, but in two years from now, a lot of things could be different. So, you know, I think that Jalen Smith is a really lovable player, a lovable personality. I think um, I even saw today on, on social media that saw that mm -hmm. someone someone saw him at the gas station and he filled their gas up for him. Like that's just the kind of dude he is. He's down to earth. He's easy to like. He's a, he's a good three point shooter. He uh, he's got some potential. Um, but I have to ask you. Do you like him better as a power forward or a center? So that was very interesting. And I felt like that kind of, not to say like close the chapter on this of what is he, but when they said he's our starting power forward, that made me feel that he's better as a four than he is as a center. When I know coming into the league, he was viewed more as a center. And I feel like now I like him at the four. I do, you know, if Miles isn't there at center, which we'll get into later, then all of a sudden I start to wonder our stability at center. He can play both, but I think I like him better as a power forward. Yeah, I mean, I think he can play both, okay? Like, I, I think clearly you saw him play the five and it worked fine. Mm -hmm. You know, they just don't have a lot of fours doing the roster. That's they one of the things we talked about. So, honestly, like, I don't know if this played any factor into it, but the fact that, you know, the Pacers were unable to go after Miles Bridges because of everything that happened, Maybe they went all in on Jalen Smith, like, okay, we can promise you the four now, okay? Because you can't promise him the five with Miles still on the roster. No, you can't. So you can only promise him the four because, obviously, Sabonis is gone. It was kind of a revolving door there for a while. I know O'Shea got a lot of run there. But at the same time, O'Shea is making less money. O'Shea didn't get an extension. He's only on a pretty team-friendly team option they accepted. So, you know, you feel bad for O'Shea to a certain degree, but I feel like O'Shea is a, more of a bench player than he is a starter, which is I love him. And I, I just, you know, you're looking at the 10th overall pick in the 2020 draft. There's a lot of room left for him to grow, Fachi. So I think they feel like they tapped into something here. Carlisle really knows what, you know, gets him going in terms of a positive way. And we saw him attack the rim a little bit more. We saw him shoot the ball well from three. And, and honestly, he was really lights out from three at, at points this, this season. So for the Pacers, but small sample size. And I like the fact that, you know, if he does kind of revert back to who he was in Phoenix a little bit and 
maybe isn't the great player we saw at his peak here in Indiana for the last two months. You don't feel bad about the contract because it's pretty balanced, pretty even, pretty fair. He took a discount for you. And quite frankly, you know, just because he starts does not mean he will play 30, 40 minutes a game. I don't know what his playing time is going to look like, but a lot of people were like really concerned about well, what does Isaiah Jackson fit into now? Um, if he's coming off the bench, what kind of production is he going to get? It's like you can produce and you can grow as a player off the bench, Fachi. I don't understand how people think you can't. You don't have to be a starter to get opportunity. Look at DeMontis Sabonis. He was a starter in OKC, then went to the bench because he struggled, came to Indiana, and he was on the bench for two straight years, became six-man-of-the-year candidate in his last year on the bench. And then when he got the chance to be promoted to starter, he made the All-Star game. So I, I, I believe that Isaiah Jackson and him will split a lot of minutes. I think they'll play minutes together. I think they've got a good front court of young players right now and, and Smith and and, and Jackson and if Turner's still there, those three can easily fill minutes there at the four and the five and, and won't uh, interfere with their development as players. Another guy to mention that was a bench bench player, Montrose Harrell won six man of the year. I mean, as, as a bench big. So it's like, think about it. It could definitely be done. Jalen Smith was not promised the starting role throughout the duration of the contract. He promised it to start. So it's like, he's going to be given every opportunity to keep that job. I love it. But you mentioned the contract it's great. This isn't this huge commitment for us to be like, oh, man, well, it's only a 25-game sample size or so. Like, no, this is such a reasonable – you're talking about about $4.7 million in year one. Like, we could live with that all day. Uh, yeah. But also, you know, just kind of kind of looking into it over, overall, I think that this was, to some people maybe outside of the NBA, like, oh, Jalen Smith, you guys are that happy about this. No, this was a big deal because in this situation – I mean, this signing felt like something where we knew, hey, we might not be a big-time player for all the stars, but if we can keep our own, that's something the Pacers haven't really been able to do. They fantastically were able to keep their own to the point where, I'm going to be honest, I was annoying about it. I reached out to all my Knicks friends. I said, you can't put a price on happiness. Hands off. He's ours. Get out of here. And they were like, dude, we're not trying to sign Jalen Smith. I was like, yeah, that's because – He's not interested in signing with you guys. Like I made sure to really stick it to them because at this point in the offseason, we really had not done much. If we lost Jalen Smith for a couple million dollars more to someone else, it would have been a solid blow to this team and their inability to keep talent, let alone draw new talent here. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it, my man. So, I mean, is there anything else we really want to say on this? I feel like we've pretty much said everything we need to. If we uh, did it. You want to take a break and come back and talk about uh, some Turner stuff? Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. With a special Pacers pin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, we are back, and there has been some more updates on the Miles Turner, DeAndre Ayton situation. Flatchy, our man Brian Winhorst, ESPN's favorite meme right now. Tell us what he had to say today on ESPN. Winhorst, the man of the hour, said the Pacers are seriously considering giving DeAndre Ayton an offer sheet. They're also interested in negotiating a sign-and-trade with Ayton, potentially involving Miles Turner to be his replacement at center. That was reported earlier today. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because, you know, I, I've been on Twitter a lot recently just kind of trying to make sure I don't miss anything. And while while it's, you know, just DeAndre Ayton and it's probably not the sexiest name out there, it's cool to be able to hear the Pacers link to a guy that I think could be a top 50 player if he's not already in the NBA. I think DeAndre Ayton is a very special player, Fachi. I don't know exactly where we had him at ranking-wise with our centers, I forget, but I know he was in that five to seven range. So, I mean, He's he's got a ton of potential, and I know there's a lot of people that are out on giving him the max. And look, I'm just going to give you a heads up. If you're out on it, then just turn this podcast off right now because you're not going to like what I have to say. Because I love DeAndre. I think he is worth the max, especially where the Pacers are at. Knowing that Miles Turner is coming off two season-ending injuries, you know he, he's going to want a bigger payday. It seems like, according to Jake Fisher, some some reports that came out earlier this week, that the market's not that good for him right now. I told you guys, and I tweeted it about Minnesota. They turned away a, a, a chance to get Turner because, like I said, nicely, they're just not in love with the injuries. So that, that to me screams that, hey, Turner's value might be a little bit less than Pacer fans think, especially knowing they don't have control over him after the season. The injury history, there's a lot of factors playing into it. But right now, Fachi, everything comes down to the Kevin Durant situation. We've been talking about it ad nauseum, but, you know, and, and we know Phoenix wants Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant wants Phoenix. Nobody else wants to give Brooklyn the mother load in terms of an offer. And so now we're at the stalemate. So when Horse reporting this right here basically is confirming, hey, the Pacers would prefer to work out a sign and trade because it would give them more cap flexibility. But if we're going to be stuck in a stalemate here, they want to get DeAndre Ayton in here. They're just going to skip that step, and they're just going to go out and sign him out, right? Which means they'd probably find a trade for Turner Lee. Absolutely. Alex, the great Miley Cyrus once said, I came in like a wrecking ball. Oh, my and God. And I cannot wait until the Pacers get enough money. When this Brogdon trade clears. Help us, Lord Jesus. A max contract. Oh you know what? God. I might even pull up that song, and I might play it. Because I want to just oh the Suns' plans of getting Durant, I've never cared less for a team to get a star player than in this situation because no one's helping us out, so I don't want to help anyone else out. So if we can come in here and just sign them outright, I love it. Then at that point, you decide what you want to do with Turner. You see what the market is, but you could also have that ability to take some time, see what you want to do. Maybe something happens and there's an opening over there. Maybe there's the opportunity to 
grab another first round pick or, you know, whatever it may be. I think that would be the smart move to do if the Pacers end up getting involved in a sign trade, still fine with it because it will still create, you know, some flexibility over here. I don't think that Turner is wants to be the backup on the team that he's been present with for seven years. I don't think that that's even an option. So we're, right now, you know, Miles has has reacted in the past. You know, his social media, I think, is unfortunately uh, telling of how he feels at the at the moment. He's yeah. unfollowed everybody, which is better than just unfollowing Pacers related people. I also know that he he took a took a trip, took a vacation. Um, I think that that's probably to clear his head. Not He's with Malcolm Brogdon actually doing uh, the work that, that Malcolm does over overseas. Interesting, interesting. I can only imagine what those conversations might be like in the Pacers. I mean, hopefully it's all good stuff. Like Brogdon left on a classy note, but I think at this point it's a perfect way for Miles to clear his head, not be so focused on the rumors right over here because we've talked about it. The guy's been involved in rumors for years and years to the point where. This time around, it actually feels real. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a little bit real just because they had Sabonis before, right? And, you know, I mean, Sabonis was the all-star, but at the end of the day, you know, there was a lot of concern that Sabonis didn't want to be here. And then with Miles' injury, it kind of forced their hands, but they got Halliburton. I think everybody was okay with that. Like, as even the biggest diehard Sabonis fans like ourselves, like, the fact that we got Halliburton, we were fine with it. So we understood Couldn't the situation. We understood the situation. So even if you're the biggest Turner fan, which I've seen a lot of Turner fans kind of turn and do a 180, they're saying, okay, look, the writing's on the wall. Like, it's time to move on from Turner because he's in an expiring contract. His value is not very high. And there's a chance to maybe go out and get someone that's better than him and DeAndre Ayton. And I understand you can come back out and say, well, would you rather have Turner for $18 million or DeAndre Ayton at a max contract? Well, I'll put you back at you, and I'll say I'd rather have Ayton at a max contract. One, you get him locked up for four years. Two, he's a better player overall, better rebounder. He's got better touch. I, I think he can actually shoot from three. He just wasn't asked to do it. Defensively, he's a good shot blocker. Maybe not as good as Miles, but he's pretty close. So I, I personally think that you're getting an upgrade here at the center position. And I think he's definitely a lob threat. I don't really think Turner is a great lob threat, in my no, opinion. So that that to me is where it's at. I think he'll be much more dynamic in a pick-and-roll situation than Turner will be as well. So not the gifted passer that Sabonis is, but, you know, I, I've heard some pros and cons to, to why you bring Aiton and why you don't. But to me, it's like you're building a new era of Pacers basketball. I tweeted this out today because I think it really needs to get through to a lot of Pacer fans here. This is a rebuild. This is not a tank, Okay. The Pacers are rebuilding this roster to develop, to grow, and to establish a culture. They're not trying to, you know, pull an OKC and, and a San Antonio and go all in for Victor Wimbanyama. If they get him, sure, that'd be great. But that's not their goal. Their goal is to get a group of guys that love playing together. They want to get Tyrese Halliburton to an all-star level. If they can get a guy like DeAndre Ayton to pair with him, they've got two building blocks. They can center around the rest of this team. And, and grow from there. I think the future is incredibly brighter, Fachi, than it has been in four to five years, even going back to when they traded PG. Like, sure, Oladipo and Sabonis, that was a fun little experiment that lasted for a couple of years. We got one exciting playoff run out of it, and that's it. At the end of the day, the smarter move would have been to trade PG for picks. I think bottom line, for the most part, you know, but you got Halliburton, so you, you can turn it however you want. But, you know, looking back at it now, Having Vic for one good year and then, you know, getting some bonus was, was fine. But I would rather have traded to rebuild then 
than than to go through what we did for the last five years and that's just be mediocre. So that's where I'm at. Fletch, I know I'm talking for a long here. I'm sorry, but last thing I'll say here, it's better late than never to get the rebuild started. And right now is a good opportunity with who they have on the roster. Absolutely. I got about 18 points to make after okay. that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's what we got. One for those saying Turner at $18 million is better than Aiden at 30. Yeah. For now, what about the cap going up? The cap is going to continue to go up, and Miles Turner's salary number is going to go up too. He's due a new contract. What if what if things work out? Turner ends up signing a deal where you know he plays a little bit better or whatever the, the market's better because of the cap. And ends up signing a deal around $25 million. All of a sudden, you're looking at Turner for 25 or eight and for 30, 32 million dollars. Right over there, then it's like still give me eight, eight and at $7 million or more. So at that point, I think that the contracts are going to be more comparable. A couple of things over there, that rebuild, uh, it should have happened back in 2017. It never happened. It was the inevitable. And look at where the Pacers are now. So right over here, it, it has to happen. It takes more than one star in this league to win. Halliburton, not quite a star yet. I think he's a star in the making. And then you look at Aiton. I feel like in the right situation, Aiton can be an all-star. I no longer have that feeling for Turner as an all-star. I don't, at seven years into the league, I don't see that there hasn't been any like, hey, he was kind of close and that. No, he's, he's, a, he's a good player, but I think his ceiling is just far lower than Aiton's. Mm-hmm. And, and then just lastly, when you mentioned trading Sabonis, you and I, we love Sabonis. But the trade made so much sense that you couldn't even bat an eye at it other than saying, wow, KP, great job. Because ever since the bonus left, there has not been one part of me that says, eh, was this a mistake now? No, that was a home run. You got a player in that has now kick-started a whole rebuild for the future. And then lastly, when you talked about the Spurs, Alex, we tried to make we, – we got some trades coming up that we're going to talk about. Man, when I clicked on San Antonio – the highest paid player on that team right now is Doug McDermott, then Josh Richardson. Oh, my God, that roster is bare bones. And both those guys, I don't even know if they're still even going to be on the roster by the end of the season. So mm-hmm. they are cleaning out shop. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I, why did Doug sign there? I don't understand that. I mean, I, I really, to get paid? I guess. But, I mean, it, it's like, was that really the highest offer? It was like, you know, roughly is like $14 million and change. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like right over there, he's going to, I see him almost kind of entering, not to say like that Thad Young type situation, but it's like that guy who's then traded again, who are then, you know, he, I think he's, I don't think he finishes the season in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? But uh, it's, it's interesting. So I will say this worst case scenario is the Suns decide to match the offer sheet, the Pacers offer DeAndre Ayton and the Pacers miss out on him, right? But it does kind of halt the idea that Kevin Durant could go to Phoenix, which would be, you know, just really detrimental to what Phoenix is trying to do because if they really want KD, they can't trade Ayton, I believe, for an entire year once they offer him this max. So it's not like they can trade him in the middle of the season. I read somewhere, could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. He can't be traded for the rest of the season, if he does agree to this max contract extension. So that does put a damper on things. I think the Pacers, you know, want to work this out because if they do trade Turner and a sign in trade with DeAndre Ayton, after the Boston trade is official, they would have about $14 million in cap space still. So they could still do some things around the edges here, Bocci. 
and maybe they do Buddy Hield and get somebody less back or get somebody that's paid more back. I mean, excuse me. So, you know, there's ways they could go about doing it. But overall, I think that it feels like this is the realest it's ever been in terms of a Turner trade. And we were going to refrain from doing this, Fachi, because we didn't really want to get into it again because we've done it the last couple of years because there's been so many rumors. But, you know, I put a tweet out and I said, yes or no, from setting the pace three on Twitter, would you like us to do Turner trade ideas? And it was yes by a landslide. So with that being said, I've got quite a few more than you. Your creative mind, I guess, was just hitting the wall here for Turner trades. But um, I think we should preface this by saying, if your value of Turner is pretty high, you're going to want to turn the podcast off now because these are going to want to make you run and hide under the covers because they're not great value for Turner. I'm under the assumption that Turner's value is not that great. And you're looking at probably something similar to a Malcolm Brogdon deal or less, in my opinion, for what you can get back for Turner, especially with the position that he plays and what's available around the league. Yeah, I honestly, at this point, I think it's safe to say that Turner's value is at its lowest. I don't think that's being a hater. We're talking about a guy who didn't play the second half of the year and during the final year of his contract. He's going to need a new contract. You know, it becomes a, a thing of how, how many people want to really commit assets to that. So we saw, you know, Brogdon just kind of get kind of dumped at that point. I, you know, I would like to think that, Maybe Turner being owed less money, maybe there could be more, but it, it could go the other way. You know, mm -hmm. the Celtics were getting a three-year commitment from Malcolm Brogdon at that point. So it's going to be tricky, but you want to kick us off? Yeah, Fachi, I'll kick us off here. I'm going to – I'll do a basic one here, and I'll work my way up to the big one. I do have a big four-team trade for you if you guys are interested in that. That'll be at the very end of this of this segment. So let's do a really boring one here. This is between your favorite team, Fachi, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, when it comes That's to my favorite team now, okay. when it comes to okay. Miles Turner trades, yeah. right? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and the Pacers, and this one's pretty basic, but we talked about Miles Bridges earlier. You know, like the Pacers might have had interest, whatever. Well, because they didn't get Miles Bridges and they had to renounce his contract and all that stuff, they've got a little bit of cap space, but not that much, so they can't make a splashy move. But this deal technically works. Don't know if they would do it, but you could trade Miles Turner to the Charlotte Hornets for Mason Plumley. And a 2023 first round pick that is owed to the that's from the Denver Nuggets and save the Pacers $8.9 million in cap space. I mean, honestly, when we're when we're in fire sale mode, I do it. I know there's gonna be some people that are absolutely offended, but what we're doing is stockpiling assets for a really good draft. Now that pick is not gonna be a good pick. It's if it's you said it's the Denver's pick. Yeah, a 2023 first from Denver. Yeah, so it's not going to be great, but the, the goal over here is the ability to do something like trading three first-round picks to move up or or take three three first-round picks and you, you strap it to someone and you make a move for you know a potential star or a real good player while you also have the cap space. So uh, you know for that one, it's really not that bad if, if we can if we can make that. If Charlotte still has that love for Turner that we've heard about for years. Yeah. I'd be interested, but then we also just got to quickly factor in the amount of centers on that roster. Look, no offense, no one outside of his parents might care about Nick Richards, but you also got Kai Jones, you got Jalen uh, – uh, no, not Jalen Duran. I forgot they, they traded that. Mark Williams. So Mark Williams, that's who it was. Um, so right over there, Mark Williams, Miles Turner, and um, uh, Kai, Jones. Kai Jones at that yeah. point. 
three young centers, but Turner's only under contract for one year. So you could roll the dice, try and figure it out if you're Charlotte. Yeah, I think if he works out and you can put him in, because I mean, Kai Jones, I mean, he's still got a lot to prove, but if they really like Kai Jones that much, you think they would have taken Mark Williams in the same draft right after after another center? So, I mean, Mason Plumlee, obviously, he's a backup. He'll be in that Daniel Tice role, obviously. They're still going with Todd's on the Pacers. So now you're looking at four, you know, potentially three to four centers on the roster already for the Pacers. But you're looking at the cap space because if you did this deal, let's just say before you did a, a Brogdon trade, then you would have that money to go get eight now and offer that max sheet. Or even if you do it, that gives you that extra $9 million. Now you're looking at $23 million after the Brogdon trade in terms of cap space, which would that be enticing to you? I mean, I think it would be pretty enticing. And you get that extra pick. So it just depends. Like, I think Turner's a big, a massive upgrade over Plumley. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's an expiring contract. And, you know, just saving the Pacers money, they, they're going to have to eventually pay a P.J. Washington now because I think that could have been out of their plans. But now with Washington kind of taking over the Bridges role, they've got a weird roster. I mean, Gordon Hayward is actually kind of important to them if they're trying to win this year. So who knows what's going to happen, but I do like that idea. Um, I know that I've got like significantly more trades than you, so you want me to move on to my next one? Yeah. All right, this one's between Utah and Indiana. Um, the Pacers are going to send your guy, Gogo Batadze and Miles Turner to the Jazz for Bojan Bogdanovic um, as a bouquet and a first from Minnesota, it would save the Pacers $1 million overall in cap. They'd also get a first and expiring in Bojan, and they get rid of Goga, who's at $4 million, where Azabuke has a team option for $2 million. It's a little bit cheaper on that. They could probably pick that up and then drop him next year if they don't like what he is. But, you know, I don't think he's done very well for Utah, and I've heard a lot of people, draft analysts, kind of knock that pick as being a miss. So, you know, they get a center now because Gobert is out of the picture. They've got Donovan Mitchell. I think this could make some sense. And you get a first from Minnesota. Like I said, it could be another low first-round pick. But the more ass that you can get, the better it is. Honestly, I'm very intrigued because I, I think that the Minnesota pick is going to be better than the Denver pick at this point. Maybe that It'll pick be close. is – It'll be close. But, I, you know, the, the, the Minnesota pick could be like, I don't know, 23rd overall or yeah. something like that. So, so, you know, adding the 23rd overall pick, it's better than the Celtics pick most likely that we just got. At this point, we bring Boyan home, bring him home. It's just a one-year deal at that point. Like, he's a veteran. To be honest, you probably flip him at the deadline. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Get another pick. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I don't know if you'd be able to get a first at that point, but maybe it's like two seconds. You know, maybe it's a a young player and a second-round pick. Whatever it is, uh, I like the option of knowing that you're going to flip him because he obviously – you know, w- would stick out with this group. He he would be kind of the older man in the room. He's 33 years old. The rest of this Pacers team is, for the most part, spry and young. You know, the only 30-year-olds you're looking at, TJ McConnell and Daniel Tice, who knows if he's really going to be sticking around. Uh, maybe never even plays for the Pacers. I don't know. But at this point, I'm interested in this trade. No team or, or fewer teams have as many picks as the Utah Jazz coming yeah. their way. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you're not taking their pick from them. You're not doing really anything but getting a bad Minnesota pick this year. Um, I know they I know they got Walker Kessler in the trade, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you build around him and Turner. I think that's a pretty, pretty good decision. You know, go cheaper at the center route. It still gives you some flexibility if you want to build, continue to build around um, Donovan Mitchell. But, you know, at the same time, it's a, it's not the splashiest move, but you do save a million dollars. Um, do you want to do one or do you want me to go again? 
Uh, I'm going to give you one. All right, now, Alex, I'm going to have to preface this by I've taken down all the mirrors in this room and I can no longer look in them because I don't know who I am anymore. But this trade is with the Pacers and unfortunately the Lakers. I have crossed over to the dark side. Here is what we got. The Pacers are sending Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and TJ McConnell to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and a 2027 first-round pick. Now, this trade, it's going to disgust a few people, but this is where you hit the full-on, hey, this is it. It's a youth movement right over here. The Pacers would have to buy out Russ. If Russ is going to play over here, not going to do the deal. So you're rolling the dice on Taylor Horton Tucker just being a young player over there. You get a, uh, a first-round pick that could be valuable. You don't really know. But overall, the Pacers are going to save – $19 million owed to Buddy for next year. They're going to save their remaining $26 million owed to McConnell. They're going to start that youth movement. They're likely going to bottom out. And at this point, they're going to save about $16 million after next season when it's a much better free agency class. So yeah. I, am a, I am a little disgusted, but would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, I wonder how much TJ McConnell is available right now. I mean, I've heard that they want to keep him around for this rebuild. They really like him. He's been working out with the young guys, so I think that he does make some sense to stay stay where he's at in that role. I don't think Nimhart is ready to be the backup point guard. I don't think yet. he is either. So other than that, I mean, who you put in there, you know? So I, I, I wanted to put Goga in there, but they just signed Thomas Bryant, and it was like they don't want Goga at this point. No, I mean, so. it, it really just them getting off of Russ would be the key thing here. It so. is, it is. So, I mean, I don't I don't think Goga going there is the end of the world, but I, I I have a trade with the Lakers, but it's a little bit simpler than that. Okay. I'll throw this counter out at you and see if you like it, but I have THT, Kendrick Nunn, and a first for Miles Turner. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so you're talking about the 2027 or is this the 2027 first? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm doing it because here's the thing. Look, Kendrick I like Nunn, THT. I think he's got potential. DHC has potential. I think he became significantly overrated because the Lakers made him out to be this like massive trade chip. And they would say things like, mm, I don't know if THT is on the table. And it's like, what? But at this point, Kendrick Nunn, look, he's going to be expiring at that point. I want to say it's roughly about $5 million or so, five to six. He expires. But also, Kendrick Nunn was a good player in Miami. He was a good player. He missed all of last year with that bone bruise, which I was surprised took the whole year. But at this point, you're getting a first for Turner. You're not taking back any substantial money. After next season, THT is owed about $11 million. That's it. Yeah. So you're getting a first-round pick that could be valuable. You know LeBron ain't going to be there. Anthony Davis <laughs> probably ain't going to be there by then. I doubt he's going to re-up. So the Lakers are probably going to look 110% different five years from now. So that type of trade – it's it's simpler because I don't think the Pacers would really want to acquire Russ and then just buy him out. It's it's forty seven million dollars that you might have to write out on a check. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's more than likely going to be Kyrie Irving going to the net or to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook and whatever deal gets done. So let's say it is, you know, Westbrook and Westbrook coming back and they get Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving, something like that. You know, that's two bad defenders, but you got LeBron, you got AD and Turner. Like, that's a pretty good five. And, you know, the Pacers, there's been there's been some rumblings out there that they're trying to get Turner to a contending team or a team where he'll be happy at. So I feel like that we know that he put that Batman sign out there when he was in L.A. last year. You know, like, LeBron, come save me. Like, 
that was his cryptic Instagram post, obviously, that we saw. So I don't think he'd be opposed to going there. But I think also why the Lakers would be intrigued by this, $18 million from Turner's expiring contract is very movable. You add in, you know, Lonnie Walker, um, the fourth, he's got about a $6 million contract. You put those two together, that's $24, 25000000 million. Now they can flip that later in the season if they, there's a piece out there they like better. So I'm, I'm just looking at ways they can get off of him maybe if they, you know, because THT and, and none is only $14 million. So by doing this deal, they do eat a little bit of cap, but at the same time, they get a better contract that's easier to move, in my opinion. So, and he probably has a little bit more value than THT, if we're being honest here. So, I don't like the, I don't like, um, I don't hate the idea, but at the same time, you know, um, getting that pick in 2027, like you said, that could be really valuable later down the road. Even if it's just a pick swap, I think I'd probably still do it because I think THT could fit with what the Pacers need, and that's another true four playing behind Jalen Smith. And, and I don't think it's the worst idea or similar to what I said with the Lakers could do with Turner. You flip THT later. I mean, obviously you're not getting like the mother load like the Lakers are wanting, but you can flip him for something small. Yeah, I think you can at that point. I, I think that, uh, I don't know if the Lakers is, is maybe the, the best situation for him to shine THT, but you put him in a youth movement over there. I, I think he can get some, some solid, solid run, get his value up and could be moved again. So yeah. um, do you want to go one more before I go? Yeah, sure. I'll do a quick one here. It's pretty boring. Um, I got Memphis and Indiana making a deal, and it's a it's a basic swap. Steven Adams and a first-round pick for Miles Turner. Um, both are expiring contracts. The Pacers would save about $73,000, so not that much. Yeah. Um, obviously, Memphis doesn't really need a lot of more draft picks looking at their roster. And I think if you're looking at overall build and how the, how the Grizzlies are going, the idea of Miles Turner and Jaron Jackson Jr. together is really promising. The Pacers can then either flip Adams later, they can buy him out, whatever. They're getting that first round pick. It's not great. You, you probably want another asset. I had originally done one where Gogo went with Miles to Memphis and you got back Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, but I just don't feel like they want to give up Clark yet. I don't so think they do. That's why I didn't really present it as a le legit trade that could happen, but getting another first round pick, I mean, a lot of my, a lot of my trades are going to have that if they're available. And, you know, if you can flip Adams or buy him out or whatever, like, sure, it's it's whatever. At this point, you're just trying to find Miles a good home and get something back of value back. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, there's something about Steven Adams and the fit that I just hate in Indiana. It's like, oh, can we already find a way to get him out of there? But, like, at the same point, I've heard nothing but great things of him as a teammate. be a great teammate. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I've heard nothing but great reviews. And it's by no means – is Turner anything less than a stellar teammate as well? Um, it's just, hey, if you can get a first-round pick over there, that could be great. Fortunately, Memphis did have the second-best record in the league, so when you mention it ain't going to be a good pick, there's a chance that pick could be, you know, 27, 28, yeah. something like that. Um, so, you know, it's 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 intriguing. Uh, Jaron okay. Jackson, I don't, and, yeah, I don't love it either. Jaron Jackson and Miles Turner, in my opinion, are like the two best shot blockers in the league. Um, so that would be very interesting for, for Memphis. I could definitely see why they might want to do that. I mean, the money that you mentioned, uh, the $73,000 gap, I mean, that's as spot on as it gets. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see that it makes sense for, for Memphis. However, you tell me Brandon Clark's included in that deal. I'm interested I'm real yeah. interested right over there. That That's someone who I liked in the draft a couple of years ago when the Pacers passed on him, I believe, for Goga. I want to say that he went yeah. like 22nd or 28th. There's a couple of picks later. 
Um, so I remember thinking like Brandon Clark, I don't know, man, he's kind of old. I remember you and I were going back and forth. Uh, he was an older prospect, but you look at Goga and you know, um, so at that point, I, I wouldn't hate the deal, but I, I don't love it by any means. Yeah. It's probably one of my least favorite ones that I put together on this list, but you know, it works in the cap and that's all I was trying to do was find deals that made sense. And look, if you could just go out and get eight and outright anyway, I mean, you're just trying to do miles Turner, right. And getting him to a good home because look, you know, I'm sure Turner is tired of hearing his name in trade rumors. He's got to be. I wouldn't I mean, blame him. I would be frustrated. I wouldn't want to be here anymore, I'm, to be honest with you. I mean, they they drag him through the, you know, they just drag him around like he's a rag doll. They don't, they don't care about him in terms of the talks that get out there. And, and clearly they've been shopping him. I mean, they can deny and say they're not active, actively shopping him, but they're clearly doing something because you don't hear this much smoke around one man's name without talks being made. So, um, they're letting stuff leak. I think that's why you heard a lot of smoke around Malcolm Brogdon around the um, the draft, because look at what they got in return. Not a great value back. I mean, sure, I like Neesmith. I think he could be special, but you know that pick's not very good. They they wanted more than that for Brogdon, and they couldn't get it. So I think leverage wise, they're kind of stuck where they're at. But Fach, you said you got another trade, so let's hear it. Got another trade for you. Now this is a uh, this is there's this trade, and then there's if I have to counter, I can counter. So okay. here's what we got. It's the Pacers and the Raptors, all, all right? right? It's Miles Turner, O'Shea Brissett, and either the Cavs or Celtics first-round pick for OG, Nano DiCarlo, if needed, just to make the salaries work. What do you think? Is it too little for OG? I mean, it seems kind of similar to what you did on Tuesday, going for OG. I want um, him. I want him. Do you think that they'd really give up OG for Turner? I don't, but that's why the first-round pick's in there. Here's my pivot. They push back. I'm willing to include that second first round pick. So you're talking about the Cavs, Celtics pick, and Turner going. But at that point, we're going to keep O'Shea Brissett. Um, Where's OG start at the three? Yeah, we're starting him at the three. So, you know, at that point, Duarte's going to the bench. And Mather so, at the two, OG at the three. Exactly. Yep. Jalen at the four. And, and this. In my opinion, this is why you accumulate assets to go after a good player right over there that can, you know, he's tw- OG's 24 years old. Pair him with this group. You got someone for years to come. That Celtic, I mean, that Cavs pick, we talked about it. Don't even know if it's ever even a real pick. That Celtics pick, probably 25th overall. So at that point, if the idea of those picks is likely far better than what the outcome of those picks will be. So if you got an opportunity to package up Turner before he hits free agency, and it sounds like you ain't offering an extension over there, OG's under contract for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, he played 48 games last year and 43 the year before that. Um, so he has Not missed great, he has missed quite a few games, but at the same time, yeah, well, I know that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just – Looking at that and three-point percentage, you know, last year he only shot 36% from three, but the year before that he shot 39.8, so almost 40. And the year before that he shot 39%, so that's good. Um, shooting around 50% or higher from two, so that's good as well. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. I definitely think he's a good player and I would like him on this roster. But, man, you know, when you hear about the Raptors and what they could offer for Kevin Durant. I agree. This takes him out of that sweepstakes pretty much. Yeah, I mean, Ananobi is a big piece for that. So. For me personally, I felt like OG was asking too much in a Turner trade. That's just me, though. And I mean, it's definitely possible. Definitely. And part of the underrated thing why I initially had O'Shea Brissett in there is that O'Shea has familiarity with the Raptors and the G League system yeah. and played under Nate Bjorkren. So I felt like there was 
there was enough familiarity where they could be like, hey, you know what? I like O'Shea for depth, what he's bringing over there. So, uh, you know, overall, I mean, also, it frees up money for the Raptors. You know, at that point, you're talking about Turner comes off the books. OG was still owed, you know, about, uh, I want to say, about close to $40 million uh, after next season. So at that point, it does free up money for them. What they want to do with it, you never know. But the Raptors feel like that team that's always kind of lurking in the dark, ready to make a trade for a star. They did it for Kawhi. They're in the running for KD. You never know who becomes available next. Okay, well, I had a deal with Toronto um, myself, and it was pretty basic. It was just Gary Trent Jr. straight up for Miles Turner. So I love Gary Trent Jr., but how many two guards are we going to go with? Because when I was looking at trades, that was another thing that, that took us out. It was like, man, unless we're going to move Buddy or something, we just got a zillion guards on this team. So, And Gary Trent Jr., good player. I, I think in his prime right now, who's he starting over? You don't think he starts over Buddy? That means you can put him over Buddy. So at that point, he's the starter. So then, well, then at that point, I guess Duarte's on the bench or Ben McMatherin's on the bench. No, Matherin's starting. I mean, I would I would put him next to Halliburton and Matherin. Okay, so who's playing the three? Matherin's playing Matherin. the three at that point? He's 6'6". Okay. Six. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he definitely, he definitely can. Um, so, yeah, I mean – it's it's definitely interesting. I, I'm just curious if for the two guard minutes, the two threes, you got Gary Trent Jr., you got Buddy, you got Duarte, you got Matherin. Uh, I mean, I guess you could always slide O'Shea down to the four. Um, yeah. Neesmith at that point, who knows what his deal is. So I'm not going to say that we're just – he's guaranteed a Here, bunch of minutes. Here's what I'll say. I'm not worried about Buddy Heald in any trade that I make, Okay. Um, I know you like Buddy. You I got, got a soft spot. spot. I, I know, can't, but I can't get rid of the it. The man's man. gonna be thirty years old this year. He's not part of this rebuild. And there's term. actually a belief that he's even older than that. Huh? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. think about it this way: you get Gary Trent Jr. I'm just saying, in this deal, you go ahead and sign DeAndre at your center. So now your starting lineup is Halliburton, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Matherin, Smith, and uh, DeAndre. Aiden. Your backup second unit now. If you assume that Buddy Hill is going to be moved eventually. You got T.J. McConnell, you got Chris Duarte, you got Aaron Neesmith, you got O'Shea Brissett, and you got Isaiah Jackson. That's a pretty fun 10, Fodge. It's it a pretty is. fun 10. I mean, you're selling me pretty quickly over here. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway to sticking out my hand and saying you got a deal. Yeah. Uh, at that point, I've always liked Gary Trent Jr. I really lo- I love his oh, work Oh, sure ethic. you have. <laughs> uh, I mean, I really do like me some Gary Trent Love him Jr. now. Yeah, I, I I think I would still maintain some of that love. At that point, I do think, though, that you can get something for Buddy, definitely. The guy was second in the league and made threes. I feel like everybody just overlooks that. Yeah. Um, so at that point, if, if you know there's going to be another move after that, like trading Buddy elsewhere, maybe you could trade Buddy. I don't know if, I don't know if the Lakers would do um, – uh, Kendrick Nunn, THT, and a future first for Buddy. I feel like that's. I don't not know if happen. the cap would work because he makes too much. I think he's he's like probably about five or six million dollars more than uh, yeah. taking back those contracts. So I guess, and I don't even know how many players the Pacers can really take back. They got they got like seventeen players right now, you know, and, and we still want to sign eight. And so there, there, there's still some stuff going on we need to figure out. But look, if that if that trade's presented. I liked it because Gary Trent Jr. has got an extra year under his contract, which I think would be beneficial compared to Turner, who at this point, if an extension is not going to happen and he's going to walk, if you're Indiana, you got to protect yourself and you got to get something back. So Mm -hmm. if that's the return over there, 
by no means is that a bad return when we just saw Brogdon traded for, you know, kind of what you find in your couch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't get a pick, but I think you get a good player. Yeah. Did you have any more trades, Fletch? No, I didn't. There, there was one trade that I had that I, I just I'm not I'm not even saying it. It's okay. just it's not worth it. <laughs> All right, I'll do my two smaller ones real quick and then do my big four-team trade at the end here. So this one's very small. Um, I, I really didn't like it that much unless you're kind of enamored by one player, but we got Miles Turner going to the Clippers, okay? Um, they already got Zubach, so we'll, we'll figure that out later, right? But I, I, I don't know what they do there. But you're taking back Luke Kennard's contract, which is about $14 million over the next couple of years, but you're also getting Amir Coffey, who they just extended and brought back. So Amir Coffey and Luke Kennard for Miles Turner. Do you like this deal? So there, there's no first round picks involved. No picks because they all they all they have too many picks to the Thunder. So so I think that's what it was because I had this similar framework of a trade, yeah. and I, I guess it was the picks that that's probably why I moved on. Um, it, it, I really want a pick to be involved because Luke Kennard is a good shooter, but he's got a couple of years left on that contract. I already mentioned how many two guards I feel like we have. Sure, I guess you could play him at, at the three, but it's just if you have to. But at this point. I really want to be able to get a pick. And if we're going to get a player, I, I like Gary Trent Jr. more than I like Luke Kennard. Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know if Trent Jr. is available. So like, either, yeah, exactly. Like, you like know, Kennard is definitely available. He's I think definitely, <laughs> I think the second the ink dried on that contract, they're like, how do we get him out of here? You know, I yeah. feel like they've just had buyer's remorse for quite some time. Okay. Here's another one that's pretty, we actually lose a million dollars in this trade, but. I don't hate it, and I um, I shared this with a couple people, and they actually kind of like this idea. So I'll throw it out at you. Miles Turner to the Miami Heat. They're taking back Duncan Robinson, but they're also getting first-round pick this year from the Heat, Nikola Jovic, and a 2023 first-round pick from Miami. What are your thoughts on this? Ooh, first of all, you know, you were the guy that got me going about Jovic, all right? Yeah. And he actually killed it in his first summer league game. And I know this is classic summer league overreaction, but I like the kid. I honestly feel like he is going to be good. Uh, and it, it kind of pains me a little bit to see him in Miami because now I really feel like he's going to be good. Um, Duncan Robinson over here. Man, this guy just all of a sudden became unplayable. But I, he Pacers, wasn't unplayable. I know. It, it was it, he. It was it, a preference. He, exactly. I, I know that's what it was because three-point shooting, you always need shooters in the NBA, especially the Pacers when you want to shoot threes. But we didn't have the guys to shoot threes. So – what I like over here is getting Jovic, who that's a first-round pick right there. Then you're talking about getting another first-round pick. I think I can sell myself on that. Duncan Robinson, I want to say he's got three years left on the contract. It's about $17 million this year. So not in love with the money that you're taking on, but to get basically two first-round picks for it, I can live with that. I can. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Miami going after Turner, too, because they lost P.J. Tucker. Obviously, he's not the same level of player, but I think if you can have Turner out there as the five, it allows Bam to guard fours a little bit more, which I think he can do. You got Jimmy Butler. Um, obviously, they got Kyle Lowry still. They've been in talks to go after Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. Who knows if those deals will happen, but you know they still got Tyler Hero on the roster. They still have a bunch of young players that really played well. Max Truce, one of those guys, re-signed Oladipo. So They've got a decent roster that's trying to make some run. They, I think they brought back one of the Martin brothers. I can't remember which did, one it is. They did. I want to say it was Caleb. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I think Cody's with Charlotte. But yep. So they've got most of their team intact. They're not really playing Duncan Robinson whatsoever. I think Turner could actually be a really nice fit for him there. And it's very similar to what we got back for Boston, right, in, in the Malcolm Brogdon trade. Instead of taking back five players to equal one salary, you're getting 
Duncan Robinson's contract that's viewed as a negative right now. But, you know, Jovich was a 26th, 27th pick overall. And, you know, it's not a great first-round pick, but he's still a player with a lot of value. And then you also get a first-round pick for next year. That, to me, is just like accumulating young assets, and that's kind of the, the key here for me, Fachi. So this is one of my favorite ones. I know people probably won't love it, but I like the idea of it. So real quick, I think that Jovic is probably going to end up playing himself into being like a top 20 player in the draft. I know that probably doesn't say that much if he was picked 27th, but I, I think that he's someone that slid. You remember when he was slated to go kind of just right outside the lottery? I remember seeing him right around 15, 16, and he started to drop off from there. So I think that guy has a lot of talent. Yeah. One thing that freaks me out, I just looked at Duncan Robinson contract. It's three years and then the fourth year, 9.8 out of the 19.8 is guaranteed. So it is kind of like an extra $10 million that, that I didn't you know factor in. So it's like, now I'm really like, eh. cap's going to go up. It's not going to be that gonna big, go up. in my opinion. I mean, we could always smash an emergency glass and say the cap's going to go up. Uh, so we got that. But I do think that all of a sudden, you know, Duncan Robinson, I mean, this guy, we quickly forget Duncan Robinson at one point had like the best three point percentage or like the most three pointers made in X amount of games in his career. So yeah. this this guy is actually a prolific three point shooter. And if you get <laughs> if you get rid of Buddy at that point. For whatever you can get, he could just take Buddy's minutes. Yeah, and, I, and I've said it before, but, like, at this point, then you could pair Buddy and Duncan together for Russell Westbrook. Interesting. At the trade deadline. And, and then you're not taking on as much of uh, Russell's contract. You, you get you agree to a buyout, kind of like they did with Tristan Thompson, right? And mm. he's only got two or three months left on the deal instead of the whole full season. So you don't have to eat out as much because the Lakers played a, uh, paid a big, significant part of that contract. So – and then you think about adding two lights-out shooters with LeBron and AD. I mean, that's a pretty fun team there. So just a thought for later. But um, let's get to my big four-team trade here, Fachi, if you're excited for this. Uh, I think I think people will like this one. So it's between the 76ers, the Lakers, the Nets, and the Pacers. Miles Turner and Buddy Hill are going to Philadelphia. Okay? Goga and Kyrie are going to the Lakers. Tobias Harris is going to the Brooklyn Nets. And the Indiana Pacers are acquiring Russell Westbrook, Matisse Thibel, and a pick from the Lakers. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I imagine we're getting the 2027 first. Uh, I'm just going to keep it at that for now. Yeah. All right. So we're getting – so we're giving up Buddy Turner, and we we found someone to take Goga. All right. So – and then in return, we're getting Thibel, Russ, and a first. Yep. Is Russell Westbrook ever playing for the Pacers? Nope, you're buying him out. All right, all right. All right. I need that established first. I mean, it's pretty obvious. If Westbrook gets traded to the Pacers, you're not playing him, <laughs> period. I mean, I'm not even entertaining the idea of it. I, I can't entertain the idea. I, I cringe at the idea of stifling the, the, the true potential of Tyrese Halliburton. So, at this point, hmm, it, it is interesting. I, I think – I think I'd probably do it. I do like Thibel. I do. Um, great defender. Really needs to get better offensively. Really does. Um, but you buy out Russ. That the Pacers clear a lot of money. A lot of money there. Yeah, over know. the years, but they lose seven point four million this season this if year. they make that trade. Okay, are we still going after eight? I mean, yeah, you'd have to, but you probably have to find a home for Tice at this point. 
Oh, you have to. You, yeah. you probably have to strap like two second round picks to him or something. Yeah, you might even have to do a sign and trade for eight <laughs> with Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. Phoenix might not hate that that much. I mean, you give him a you pick know. back or something. I don't know. Maybe give him yeah. that pick there that you got from the Lakers or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I want to give that pick. I think I'd rather give uh, the Celtics pick. Well, at that point, if you're trying to make a sign and trade for eight with Tyson, you're going to have to give something up of value. He's still getting a first, um, no, but it, it, it's interesting. If it takes us out of the eight and sweepstakes, I then I think yeah, I'm out of it on that. If it does that, hey, that's what I'm saying. That's the deal breaker for me because then all of a sudden we're just looking at this team where it's like, wow, we really did trade everybody for 2027 first and Thibel, you know, bought out Russ. Like, mm. yeah. Let me ask you this real quick. What do you, do you think got? that Philadelphia would rather have Tobias Harris and Thibel or Turner and Heald? Uh, I think Turner and Heald, honestly, I, I think that, you know, I don't want to be biased, but they lost my man, Seth Curry, great, real good three point shooter over yeah. there. Now you're talking about you plugging buddy over there. I think buddy would be real good for them. I think Turner over there. I think it gives you that flexibility moving forward because for, for Tobias Harris, I mean, that it, it's, it's scary over there. That man's making $37 million this yeah, year. Yeah, They want to get off of him. I, I know they do. I mean, I thought it was crazy. When he signed that deal to have never made an all-star team and to sign like a max contract like that, you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty surprising. But it's still this year at $37.6 million. And then it's the following season at $39 million. So I think they would definitely want Turner and Heald, and they end up actually saving about $20 million. Yeah, I just I thought that, that made a little bit of sense because like I think if I'm Brooklyn, I'd rather have Harris than have Russell Westbrook on my roster based on what they're trying to do. So obviously that's where I was looking at it. It's not like the greatest trade. I didn't love it. I don't like the fact that we're losing, you know, about eight more eating $8 million of cap basically, but or seven and a half, but overall that was the trades I came up with. So if you hate those, you know, Blame the trade value for Miles Turner right now. Don't blame me. That's what I got to say right now. Guys, I wish I could come up with some sexy trade that we're like, oh, my God, this figures it out for us. But we know right now that it's like we've heard the last couple of years, Turner's trade value has just kind of dwindled and dwindled. And, and then, we, we like, like, stupidly, we've talked ourselves into being like, I heard Charlotte might give us 13 and 15. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, no, that there's no way that was ever on the table. A couple of years ago, I remember when I believe it was the fourth overall pick was being dangled for Turner. It was a rumor how who knows how true it was and the Pelicans were offering it. But at, at this point now, don't know what the value is. If you can get a first round pick, I think that that's probably as good as it gets. Uh, I think if you're the Pacers, you don't want to take back a bunch of money. So it's a hard road to, to navigate. I think the sign and trade involving Turner for Aiton is probably the best in between situation so that's where we're at here guys i hope there's maybe one maybe two trades that you guys like but if you also have an alternative that kind of fits the timeline of this team send it our way yeah and that, that's kind of why i think the the best deal potentially could be just trading them in a sign and trade for eight i think it is i think it is at this point only, only some of the trades i liked were getting back another pick you don't get that when you probably trade into the suns but you know at least you're freeing up that cap space you're getting him to a contending team you're kind of taking care of him to a certain degree it's a it's a it's a slap in the face but a slap in the face to a team that's got a chance to win a title so you know you just take your punches i guess if you're turner there but 
you know, Fachi, other than that, I think we did have a little bit of news yesterday in regards to some contracts being pushed back. Can you tell us about those real quick? Absolutely. So some interesting news. Dwayne Washington Jr. had his $1.56 million team option pushed back from July 6th to July 15th. Clearly, the Pacers want to be able to create as much money or as many options as possible. Going to be honest. Really just thought the Pacers were going to pick up that option, bring him back. You and I personally have heard from whether it's O'Shea or it's Lance or Isaiah Jackson. Everyone's raving about Dwayne Washington on and off the court. The team chemistry, how funny he is, pushing other people. The man is like Hawkeye from three at times. I mean, he he's a sniper. So I thought that was an interesting move. Then next, Terry Taylor, nothing's been done yet, but Terry Taylor's Option for $1.56 million, same as Dwayne Washington Jr. Uh, the date to guarantee that is the 10th. So the Pacers will have, the Brogdon trade will have been official by then, so they'll have more cap flexibility. However, already $625,000 of that deal is guaranteed. So the Pacers really saving just under a million dollars if they were to cut him. I know he is on the summer league roster. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Washington Jr.'s option being pushed back? What do you think that means for Terry Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I think Terry's date was already, like, it wasn't fully guaranteed till later. So it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't picked up yet. I think they're waiting to see. Um, could they be look, waiting to see what they do in Summer League? I think that's kind of silly to do that. It like, is silly. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the plan is here with pushing back Dwayne's contract because at the end of the day, you know, he's uh, he's been a proven locker room and he's made an impact in the locker room. I'm trying to figure yes. out the way to say it exactly, but uh, we've only heard great things about him in terms of how the players on the team view him. So it was a little bit shocking to me. I don't understand why he would want to do that because unless he's getting incentivized somewhat with some extra money, like a bonus or something like that for moving it back. I think Keelan Martin was given a little bit of an extra bonus for pushing his date back. It just makes you nervous because look what happened to Edmund Sumner last year. Guy gets a season ending injury he gets traded and then he's out the whole year rehabbing, whatever, you know, it's stunk for him because, you know, and the Pacers because he lost his bird rights by trading him. So with, with Dwayne, it's like, he's going to play a summer league. What if he accidentally gets hurt? I think you got to be a little bit worried about that. Maybe the Pacers gave him a verbal promise. Like we'll still pick up your option if you get hurt, whatever. But I just, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit odd to me that he would push it back and kind of be willing to do it. But, you know, kudos to the Pacers for making that work. If it's going to help them financially and any moves they make, and uh, yeah, other than that, I don't have too much to say on it. What about you? No, I just, I, I would like his option to be picked up. I, I, I really did like his, his, you know, contributions to the team. And, you know, I was able to attend two games last year in Washington, D.C. And you could hear Dwayne talking on the sidelines. Like you truly could hear him. He's just vocal. I just feel like the chemistry right now for this team is so good. It feels like, and it feels like he's kind of like a glue guy right now. Like someone who's like, it seems like every Pacers workout that we're seeing photos of Dwayne Washington Jr. is there. Like he's saying all the right things. It feels like he loves to be a Pacer. It feels like he was a steal last year. They reward him from converting him on a two-way deal to, to being rostered. It was like, I don't know, man, I, I, I want to be able to keep him. If, if yes, if, if that, you know, Nearly $1.6 million is the difference between, you know, bringing in eight and on a max or not, whatever. I, I understand it, but man, moving from the sixth to the 15th, it, it, it's a long time. It's not just a couple of days 
talking about it, it's 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 close to 10 days right over there. So yeah. I hope nothing bad happens, you know, knock on wood for him. Um, really looking forward to seeing him and Terry Taylor excel in summer league. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I would love to see both guys back with the team. Yeah, absolutely. So before we close this out, I wanted to run this by you real quick because it was probably too late in the, into the show to do this, but I've, I wanted to bring it by your, uh, bring it to your attention. DeAndre, a name that's been heavily rumored to the Pacers. We've talked about it at nauseum. A lot of people are really excited about it. They've talked themselves into it. I've done the same thing. I've been like, just make it happen already. I can't wait any longer. The ninth has taken forever to get here. But let me ask you this. Do you think the Pacers would be adamant about going after DeAndre Ayton if they hadn't run it by Jalen Smith, someone who played with him already, to see if he thought that fit could work? Because why would they promise Jalen Smith the starting power forward position if they have intentions to go out and get, and get DeAndre Ayton at the starting center if Ayton, or excuse me, if Jalen Smith would not sign off on that? It's definitely interesting. Now, look, before we can appoint Jalen Smith, the mayor of the town and everything like that. No, I think we probably, they probably did say, hey, you know, I'm sure they gathered as much intel as possible on Aiton and their fit together and this, this and that. I, I think that, you know, if he was like, hey, to be honest, I'd prefer you didn't sign Aiden. I don't think the Patriots are going to be like, all right, you're right. Never mind, we're moving on. But I'm sure they probably did gather intel from him to yeah. say like, hey, you know, what, what, how, how does he play next to you? What did you like about that? How do you think you guys could fit this, this, and that? What kind I'm of sure teammate they, is he? Is he a good locker yeah, room guy? Yeah, I'm sure they probably did go through that. And we've heard some things before, like, you know, maybe John Drayton is full, full heart, isn't it? Or that. These are rumors. I don't know who starts it. You know, who knows about that? But Clearly, the guy is a very successful basketball player, and, and I and I think that talent like him, a guy who was the first overall pick a, a couple of years ago who has not had some freakish injury or was a bust, they don't become available often. And this is that rare opportunity where other teams don't have the money to do it, and the Pacers do. And in this situation, man, I wish we could just hear something from Aiton because it's just like you you wonder what he's thinking in this situation. But I really feel like in the next couple of days, everything's going to be resolved. And I just can't wait until we could report on it. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I just thought about it today. I'm like, look, Jalen Smith is someone they really covet. They really think he's got his head on straight. Really respect him and his family a lot. And I'm sure they ran it by him like, what do you think about DeAndre Ayton? You know, you think you guys could play well together? Here's my envision. Like, here's what I'm envisioning for you guys. Like, I can see Carlisle saying that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and him being like, yeah, totally. We can play together. Like, why would he want to come here and take less money if they had told him that they were looking at Aiton and, you know, they'd play him together and he didn't think it would work because people are like, well, it didn't work with Phoenix and him. It's like, look, Phoenix wasn't even playing Jalen Smith. Okay. Like exactly. And, and then they lowball DeAndre Aiton because they don't want to pay the tax. Like, look, it's the Suns are a weird situation, man. I mean, they're a weird team. They've got good talent. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. I, I really like the team they had last year, best team in the NBA record wise, but Come on, like, how do you not, how do you lowball DeAndre Ayton and make him feel underappreciated? Like, that is exactly who the Pacers like to target players that feel underappreciated by previous franchises. And well, they we wanna, do. They want to swoop in, treat them well, and give them the keys of the kingdom. And what they do from there is up to them. But that's how we, that's how we go about getting our players here. And I think personally for me, like, they've got connections to James Jones, former Pacer, I'm sure. Yep. Coach 
Coach Rick Carlisle had him on the roster, right? So Carlisle yeah. and him have a relationship. They can probably call get intel there. Aaron Holiday was on the roster last year for Arizona, or excuse me, for Phoenix for the last couple of uh, months. And, and the same with Torrey Craig. He played with him the year before. He signed with the Pacers. So they have connections to make sure this is a good player that they want to bring into their organization. I'm sure restricted free agency, they're trying to do it the right way. They probably would prefer to do a trade so they don't feel bad because if you go back and look at what Herb Simon did with Malcolm Brogdon, he offered a pick to the Bucks to not take away one of their guys. So it's just one of those things right now. Kevin Durant, we talked about it, put everything in a stalemate. And that's why I think the Pacers could just say, we got to move on because we can't keep sitting here waiting for something to happen. They, they've got to make a move eventually. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just thought it was interesting, the Jalen Smith's uh, impact on it, the effect on it, and how you felt about Jalen Smith. With no, I mean, Andre, I, sorry. I, I would imagine that they probably did at least just say some type of thing. And, and if, if for some reason that Jalen Smith really just hated the idea of playing next to Aiton again, then yeah, he probably could have signed elsewhere, especially if he's getting bigger deals. But also, one other guy that played with De- DeAndre Aiton, TJ Warren. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's yeah. first year as a rookie, he was teammates with TJ Warren. I know, you know, that was probably a lifetime ago for, for Ayton at this point. You know, he's grown up. He was just a kid right over there. But it's, it's another guy that they could just check intel with. So who knows? Maybe we're just spitballing ideas out here. But either way, you know, I, I, I finally I almost look forward to free agency starting finally this weekend because what we saw was just a bunch of stars re-signing and then a couple guys moving places but man this holdup can only last so long and if the Pacers are able to take the Suns out of the Durant sweepstakes maybe it makes things a lot easier for everybody else absolutely Fachi well our plan was to get this done in 30 minutes and an hour Never plus has. later here we Never are has. so um Fachi let the people know where they can find us at on social media absolutely so you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three you can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. And Fachi, if you're excited to watch Summer League on Friday night, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! If you're excited to watch Summer League on Friday night, Say these three words. Special Pacers pin. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.